people look like ants from my 20-story view. Small, frail human beings, scouring about, consumed with their limited lifespan, concerned about their longevity and legacy and how much money they have in the bank. Is reality objective or is it a mere mental construct? Welcome to Earth Stories. Life itself could seem pointless, like a haunted house with only one exit, like a chair with only three legs. My psychiatrist told me to focus on the positive and avoid toxic thoughts. Of course, he's right. It makes no sense swimming in a cesspool of negativity. Besides, I have first world problems. My flat screen TV is too large for my wall, and I can't decide which beer to drink first. So I poured myself a tall glass of scotch, and then the phone rang. I said, the phone rang. That's better. I closed the veranda, slipped on my girly indoor slippers, and picked up the phone. Hey Stan, it's me. Sorry to call you so late. Olivia's overexcited tone was like two exclamation marks stabbing my ears. It's been only five months since we met at a sleazy downtown bar, and I'm starting to regret it. It's okay, I'm kind of a night owl, I lied. So I was thinking we could go for a walk on Butterfly Terrace and then go to that cute little restaurant for breakfast. Maybe this time you can try their Pancake Supreme Twist. You know, the one with the cherries on top and the German whipped cream for the smile? Olivia kept on running her mouth like a run-on sentence or like an oil spill catastrophe. Yeah, yeah, um, what time again? Saying the infamous two-letter word combination, no, was difficult for me to utter. Does seven work for you? Currently, it's two in the bloody morning. I'm not sure if she realizes that. Or even cares. Yeah, that's fine. I'll meet you then. She extended the call with more random thoughts and pointless meandering about her yoga instructor, reality shows, and secret recipes. Blah, blah, blah. Welcome back. Yes, it's the morning show right here on ABC News Radio, KMT 1498 AM. Uh, KVVB TV, Facebook Live, Periscope TV. We've got Big Like a Pro over there. With only two hours of sleep, I rolled my body out of bed and got dressed. Dating is a painful social experiment. I was never good at it. My psychiatrist said it would decrease my depression. Sometimes it seems to achieve the opposite. I arrived a bit early and waited on the small wooden bridge at Butterfly Terrace. 
My township, the town of Raleigh, was an afterthought. People drove through without slowing down to connect to more important places. I can't blame them. There's no casinos, fancy hotels, or museums like the other towns. Nothing out of the ordinary until the butterflies arrived. At 7 a.m. until 10 in the morning, thousands of butterflies in all colors and sizes populates the area, leaving no tree untouched. Butterflies landed on my arms and my shoulders. I thought of brushing them away, but I resisted the urge. There is a $500 fine for harming the butterflies. And I didn't want to duke it out in court for the second time. Olivia approached, wearing a flower dress and a warm, radiant smile. Butterflies encircled her face like a halo. Instead of her usual weave, her hair was in a fro. She always knows how to make an entrance. Hi, sweetie. She leaned in and waited for her kiss. Wait a minute. You're not doing this again, are you? There goes the kiss. What do you mean? She gave me the you-must-be-crazy look, folded her arms, and said, You're narrating again. Last time you told me you'd keep it up there. She touched my head to reinforce the point. Narrating in my head was less precise, and the world-building lacked consistency. You're right, I'm sorry. Are you off your meds again? Can't hide much from her. She's like the female version of Matlock. She held my gaze and kissed her teeth. I like you and everything, but I got my own issues. And if the pills work, then that's one less thing for me to worry about. Do you feel me? She held both of my hands and moved in closer. Well, you see, um, yeah, yeah, I got you. I felt like telling her the truth about my disembodied grasp on reality. But I didn't want to overwhelm her. And promise me you'll keep seeing your psychiatrist. I gave her a smile, playfully held up my pinky finger as we shook on it. Deal. There's something strange about boarding a crowded city bus. Here you are, sandwiched together, smelling each other's underarm deodorant and aftershave, feeling each other's body sweat. You endure the coughs, the runny noses, the awkward silence, and the occasional, Excuse me, I must get up now. There's little to no eye contact, as people's heads are buried in their phone. You may spot an old-school freak reading, of all things, the newspaper. But they are a rarity. Instead of burying my head in my phone, I looked around and took in humanity. If you're focused, I mean really focused, the sound transforms into a symphony. I may be the only one who hears the symphony and perceives the poetry in the ordinary, 
the stars, and the fabric of chaos. With the night sky, and there, you notice some of the stars seem to move. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Barry. So you named them Planetace, or Wanderer. I'll take it. In what? Well, then you could swallow it, and it'd all dissolve, see? And the moonbeams would shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair. We live our lives in quiet desperation, seeking for answers in search of divine breadcrumbs to lead us home. Hey, buddy, are you talking to me? said a tall dude with ripped muscles and a gold crucifix dangling from his neck. Sorry, uh, not you. I was just thinking out loud. What are you, some kind of clown? You mentioned my muscles, my gold crucifix. You keep it up, and I'll put my fist down your throat. I quickly converted to my internal voice so I won't piss off this guy any further. Sorry, I forgot to take my meds. This seemed to appease him as he relaxed his tone and brushed me off as a mere psychopath. I tried my best not to speak and to uphold reality with my internal dialogue. However, my mind loses definition and everything shifts. Colors fade, objects lose their shape, and the symphony goes off key. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Barry. I'll take it. Then what? Well, then you can swallow it. And it all dissolves, see? And the moon beams that shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair. Tiny mom-and-pop shops decorates the streets, and maple leaf flags suspends on poles. My psychiatrist was between an old vinyl record store and a Vietnamese nail salon. For the record, this is Olivia's favorite place. She brags about the customer service, the avant-garde nail design, and the endless supply of accessories. I like to continue, but I don't want to info dump. Wu-Tang Clan built it from the record store. Perhaps Lin Dion would be better for my mental condition, but what the heck.
I pressed the intercom. I said I pressed the intercom. That's better. Ah, Mr. Mindia. It's good to see you. Come on up. Before I could respond, he disconnected and unlocked the door. The elevator was out of service for the hundredth time. So I took the tight, narrow staircase to the fifth floor. Heron needles, used condoms and crack pipes, bullet holes and graffiti tags on the wall. You would think a psychiatrist would live and work in a more prestigious location. Dr. Marlon Contigo is a complicated man. Smell of ganja saturated the fifth floor. Two stray cats frolicked down the hallway. Mr. Contigo's name was labeled on his door. I knocked. I said I knocked. He removed the deadbolts and chains, looked down the hallway, and heard me in. He carried his customary Beretta on his holster and slid the bolts and chains back in place. Can't be too safe, right? I've been using his services for the past five years, ever since my messy divorce. That's another story for another time. Dr. Contigo's gun collection was displayed on the wall. He even had a couple of Civil War muskets sitting on shelves, not to mention a tattoo of rifles on his shoulder going all the way up to his neck. Let me guess. You're off your meds. He took a seat across from me. How can you tell? He jotted something down in his clipboard and started cleaning the lenses of his eyeglasses. For over 30 years, I've served my country. I witnessed war. And I seen my own soldiers lose their minds. Two glasses and a pitcher of lemonade rested on the table. I poured myself a glass. You're doing it again. Do you notice? You're narrating the scene. He lowered his spectacles on the bridge of his nose and pointed with his pen. Trust me, I'm, I'm trying, Doc, but I can't help it. I even took your advice and tried keeping it in my head. He returned to his clipboard and scribbled a few things down. That's why I told you not to neglect your meds. He didn't strike me as an I told you so type of person, but there he is doing just that. The meds help you to hold a grip on reality. But that's the thing, Doc. The meds are doing the complete opposite. He lowered his clipboard and looked me dead in the eye. I know, I know this may sound strange, but, and you know what? It probably is, but I think the universe exists right here. I touched my forehead. And if I stop speaking out loud, everything will end. And I mean everything. Dr. Contigo took a long pause 
and calculated his thoughts before he spoke. Hmm, it looks like you have the Gemini conundrum. What it really means to be a Gemini. Like Gemini, this is a twin reality. In order to preserve one, you must constantly articulate their existence. A conundrum. Of course, this is a fallacy. The universe does not revolve around a mere mortal. It's easy for me to tell you that. It's harder for you to accept it. Butterfly Terrace is Olivia's favorite place, especially within the sweet spot between 7 to 10 in the morning when the butterflies take flight. It was already a bit past 7 and there was no trace of her. Arriving late wasn't in her DNA. Should I call? It's been three days since my last appointment. In our session, He increased my dosage and reinforced the need for internal dialogue. Maintaining cosmic laws through mental energy is draining and time-consuming. It also creates inaccuracies and anomalies. For instance, the butterflies turned into horseflies Huge, gigantic horseflies and pitched on branches, flowers, and on everyone's faces. Where is she? I took out my phone, started dialing, and stopped. A lady in a long black dress and high heel stilettos approached the wooden bridge. Gnats and horseflies swarmed and poked holes in her face. I pressed the last digit and hit send. Hello? Um, uh, Olivia? Hello? Is this you? Who else would it be? Her voice sounded wounded, distant, and cold. Um, I'm at the bridge. Where are you? I felt the flies crawling in my ears and up through my nose. A distorted, crackling sound was heard. The lady in black stood motionless you stupid pathetic human who has eyes to see but can't see and ears to hear but can't hear olivia i dropped the phone and moved closer within three feet my nose detected her rotting flesh olivia or whatever this thing is held her head down with her mangled weave 
covering her face. Eyes to see, but can't see. Ears to hear, but can't hear. Hang on, Olivia. I can change everything. Threads of flesh peeled from her face. A whirlwind of gnats and flies pushed me closer. I tried breaking free. The more I struggled, the stronger the hold. Her lips puckered, her scaly hands opened wide. Wait a second. Are you really thinking about publishing this episode? I mean, come on, sweetie. Even for you, this is a stretch. She said, taking off her headphones and flashing me a puzzled expression. Podcasting is not her thing. The idea of listening to voices without moving pictures seemed obscure. However, she occasionally listens to my podcast and gives her biased opinions. Okay, really funny, sweetheart. You can stop that now. What do you mean? You know what I mean. You're narrating real life as if this is one of your podcasts. Well, you know what, sweetheart? Perhaps the perceivable world is a mental construct, and nothing exists unless I allow it. You're starting to freak me out. I I don't want to freak you out, but maybe the universe is my active imagination. I mean, I read about this before. There was some philosopher that said it. Maybe everything that I'm experiencing right now is a mental construct where everyone plays their role. The only thing that I can be sure of is the existence of my own mind. So anything outside of my own mind, including the material world, but also including all other minds, can be called into doubt. Are you for real? Are you even listening to yourself? York, this is not a Welcome to Earth Stories episode. You know that, right? She stood and walked backwards from the computer. Her hands and legs trembled. Please, sweetheart, don't be afraid. I know this sounds strange. Her heavy breathing returned to normal. How does any of this make sense? And why is everything moving? I'm going to quiet my mind and bring everything back to normal. I know everything's moving. Everything's chaotic. Trust me, sweetheart. I know what I'm doing. Just just stand there. I'm going to bring everything back to where it's supposed to be. Honey? Where are you? Where did you go? Where did everything go? This story came from an idea where 
There's a philosophy that says that everything that we are going through, reality itself is only in the mind, that nothing exists outside of the mind, that we are kind of alone in the universe, but we think that everything is happening outside of us. I don't hold to this philosophy at all, but it makes for a good story. And this is probably my strangest story of all, where this character, everything was existing in his mind, and he had to maintain the entire existence with a lot of mental energy. Sometimes I talk about things that I don't endorse, but it makes for a great topic so that we could ponder things. And I think we need to do that more as earthlings. We need to ponder and and question things a little bit more. Of course, this is only a, a fantasy story, if you will. This episode couldn't have been done without the help from all of the people that you're going to hear in the credits. Thank you so very much for your support. And come on over as well to my website, welcometoearthstories.com, where all of the, the artwork for every episode is there and links to all of the incredible talent that you heard on this episode. And also feel free to support the show as well. I do this for free, but it's not free to make. You're receiving this, but it's not free for me to produce. If this has given you value, whatever that value is to you, return that with a monetary value as well. So I could keep on producing the shows that you like. You could donate to the show on Buy Me A Coffee. All the links is available on the website or on your handy dandy device within the show details. Remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you soon. Gemini Conundrum. It could be that I am the only being that feels, that thinks, that is conscious. I am the only mind that exists. Gemini Conundrum. Written and produced by York Campbell. Special performance by Tiffany C. Lewis from the Beta Reader Bits podcast. Jessica from Echoes in Between and Elgin L-Train Foster, who played the psychiatrist and the irate, muscular dude on the bus. You keep it up, and I'll put my fist down your throat. You can find all of the actors' social links on welcometoearthstories.com. Have you subscribed to the Earthling Report? This is a brief newsletter to help writers and creators to overcome imposter syndrome, burnouts, and other barriers. You can find the newsletter on our website, welcometoearthstories.com. I'm Shantae from ctamarketing.biz. See you next time on Welcome to Earth Stories.
York, this is not a Welcome to Earth Stories episode. You know that, right? <laughs>